I find it pretty easy to relate to Mary Magdalene in this gospel, especially sort of under two attributes. One, she is sad and crying, and two, she is confused. I think it's very easy to relate to sadness, and it's very easy to relate to confusion. And the gospel transforms both of those characteristics. Mary Magdalene starts sad and confused, and she ends happy and enlightened, happy and understanding. So let's sort of follow her through this and see if maybe we can start, maybe we already are where she is at the beginning, and see if we can discover how she goes from where she was at the beginning to where she is at the end. Why are you weeping? The angels ask her, and then the risen Christ asks her. So let's figure out what the cause of the sadness is, and maybe we'll be able to get out of it, to break out of it. Why are you weeping? Well, she's weeping because she doesn't know yet, she doesn't believe yet that Christ is risen. But because she doesn't believe, that causes all kinds of glitches in the way she understands what's going on in the world and the sort of immediate situation around her. In our unbelief, we become sad because, like Mary, we think that everything is like relying on us. Look at what Mary's sort of situation is. She thinks somebody must have stolen Jesus' body. She has no idea who it is. She's trying to find, find out what happened. She asks Jesus, this is the sort of height of the irony of the gospel, she asks Jesus, oh, where did you put his body? So that I can go and take care of it. We're sad because we think we have to take care of everything. We're sad because we feel like everything is on us. And that's crushing. That all the responsibility is on our shoulders. Or all the responsibility is on the shoulders of some other human being who is inevitably going to fail us. And if that's true, if it's true that everything is up to us, or everything is up to other human beings, yeah, that's a perfectly good reason to be sad. Because if everything is up to me, it's going to be destroyed very quickly. Is everything, if everything is up to human beings, it is going to turn into a disaster almost immediately. And yeah, that's a good reason to be sad. However, it's not. And her sadness is fixed, it's healed, not by anything that she does. And that's the first sort of step towards her transformation. She realizes it's not up to her because Christ is already risen. There's nothing to take care of. There's no dead body anywhere. We don't find God. Or at least the God that we can discover by ourselves is pretty meager. We, we can, yes, we can sit there and think and kind of, okay, I guess the world must have come from God. And so, yeah, we can do that, but we're not going to get to 
a God that's going to really do much for us. We don't find him. Mary did not find Christ. She didn't find Christ because she was looking for a dead body. Christ revealed himself to her. It was on him. God shows himself to us. And the problem is he shows himself to us in his own time and in his own way. If we got to dictate it, if we got to tell God, all right, God, here's what I want you to do to prove yourself to me. One, two, three, four. No, no, no. Then he's not revealing himself to us. Then we are making demands of him. We are still insisting that we have to be the ones to find him. And whatever we find is not going to be a living God. It's just going to be some dead thing. God is not some dead thing that we discover. He's alive and he knows our name. And Mary's sadness was transformed, not when she found Christ, but when he found her and he said, Mary. And then she encountered the living God who revealed himself to her in his way. Then there's no longer weeping. There's rejoicing and there she's grabbing onto him. To the point where it looks like he got annoyed and said, just stop. Whom do you seek? The sadness and the confusion are not independent of each other. She's sad because she's confused. How did she go from confusion to enlightenment, to understanding the truth? Whom do you seek? Why was she confused? Because she didn't really know who she was looking for. Why does it seem like God is hard to find sometimes? I hear this all the time. In the last couple of days, you know, we heard a lot of confessions from Wednesday all the way until yesterday. I'm going to go hear confessions later today. And I heard over and over again, people confessing a frustration. I don't see where God is in this. Why is it that Mary couldn't find Christ? He was literally right in front of her. Well, he was behind her. But he was right there, just a few feet away. Why couldn't she see him? Well, she was looking at, in her mind, a gardener. She was looking at a servant, somebody who works for her. And that's what we make of God sometimes. And if we're looking for a God like that, if we're looking for a God that's there to do stuff for us, a God that's just a gardener, he's just one of our, he's a waiter. Or even worse, he's just something that we don't even pay attention to. Like he's just like, I don't know, a fire hydrant. He's just some thing that's there. And whenever we need him, yeah, we can turn it on and now he's going to take care of the mess. But otherwise we don't even notice him. If that's the God we're looking for, we're not going to find anything. If you're looking for a God that's just going to do everything you want, you're not looking for a living God. You're looking for a gardener, you're looking for a servant. And if you're not finding him, it's your fault. Because that's not a God that's real. When she encounters him, and he says her name, and she turns and realizes it's him, he's not a gardener anymore. He is teacher. He's not a guy that's just waiting so that I can tell him what I need. And then now that he knows what I want, he can come and give it to me. 
That's not a teacher. A teacher is somebody who knows more than I do. A teacher is somebody in whose hands I am to be molded. If you look for that, you will find the living God. If you look for somebody less smart than you, or somebody who cares about you less than you care about yourself, there's no such God. Look for the God who is your teacher, which means he knows and he loves more than you could ever imagine. And then you can trust him. And he will show himself to you. He will reveal himself in his way. And just like any good teacher, he will be with you and lead you and keep you decently uncomfortable for the rest of your life. Because learning is always uncomfortable. And if he's always your teacher and you're always his student, you're always going to be a little uncomfortable. And that's okay. Because you have a teacher that loves you and who knows your name. Mary went from sadness and confusion to joyfulness and enlightenment. The gospel is inviting us to the same thing today. Today is Easter. It's a day of rejoicing. And yet, there's always stuff to be sad about. All the other stuff, and there's always going to be tragedy in life. There's always going to be sadness. Put all of that aside just for today. And maybe longer if you can. And today, rejoice in Christ. And no matter what you've lost and you're missing and you, you want and need and all the frustrations in the world, yeah, they're there. Believe me, I get it. I get it. I understand. Yet, despite all that, we have a living God who is here, who we're going to receive in communion. We have a teacher who cares about us and loves us. That is worth more than all of the rest of it combined. Today, see how small all the other stuff is and rejoice in the living God.